According to Acts chapter 4, that's what, that's what Peter tells us in verse 12. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved or delivered or rescued from our sin. One great name, his name is Jesus. Let me tell you what's happening that's caused this statement to be proclaimed so boldly. The name Jesus in the first four books of the New Testament is, is used over 500 times, talking about this one guy. Now, it means the Lord of salvation or Jehovah saves, and there's something eternally significant about this name Jesus. It's a great name. Because of what happens because of the name and with the name. So, here's what we need to know. It's an easy name. It's an easy name. How many of you learned to sing Jesus Loves Me at the age of five and under? Raise your hand. Five and under. said, I could sing Jesus. How about Four and under. Can you raise your hand? Four and under. See how easy it really is. Okay, good. Okay. Y'all are super, super smart people. We appreciate that. Y'all are good. Now, little children, young children can understand Jesus and begin to sing to him at four and five years old, even really three-year-old. Three-year-olds can do it. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. It's five letters, two syllables. It's an amazingly easy name. That can be shared. And, and Peter's talking about this. As a matter of fact, not only was it an easy name, it was a popular name uh, because a lot of, because of the Jewish mindset of, of uh, understanding God, uh, there were probably several people named Jesus. But there was only one Jesus that accomplished greatness unequaled. And this is Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Messiah. And that's why what's happened, Peter has to make this statement because he, he if you look over to chapter 3, just kind of over a little bit more, you're going to find that Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. Uh, and it was, uh, they were standing to pray time, and, and as was custom for many guys who were struggling with handicaps, there was a lame man who was not able to make a living and, and function like everybody else. So every morning they'd bring him to the gate beautiful, and he would sit there and beg for alms. He would say, somebody give me something so I can eat. And he would rattle the cup, beg for arms. And he would always have that look like, please, please do something. Please give me something that I may survive. I don't know about you, that's, that's pretty amazing. We, we, we see that sometimes happen on the streets of Atlanta. Holding up signs, asking for help. The truth is, most of the time, if you see it so much, you don't even pay attention to it. And probably was the, was the was what's going on with this guy. Everybody's used to seeing him; he's there every day, and perhaps had got used to him, and it was easy to ignore. But this particular day, he's he's rattling the cup and saying, "Please." And Peter and John stop as the story unfolds, and they said to this guy, "Hey, look at us." Meaning he probably was doing this, you know, just not even paying attention. He was talking, he just saying, anybody, somebody, please help me. And they said, no, no, look at us. And he looked at them, thinking, they're going to give me a lot of money today. This is going to be a great day. And sure enough, he looked at them. And then he heard what no beggar wants to hear. I don't have any gold or silver. 
I have nothing monetary I can give to you. Can you imagine when he heard that, his heart probably sank. He said, man, going to be a big day. I'll be able to eat good today. And then they said, brother, we ain't got anything. We can't give you any gold or silver. We're not giving you money. Can you imagine? He probably said, great. Wow. Probably looked away. They said, oh, look at us. But what I have. Said, I ain't got any money. We don't have any money. But what we do have, we are going to give to you. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. He had never heard those words before. Easy name to say, now what's happening? And sure enough, as he, as he begins to realize this, he's, he's kind of amazed. And, and something has to happen inside him. And they took him by the right hand and raised him up. And at once his feet and the ankles became strong. So he jumped and stood and started to walk. Now this, is, this guy's been here every day. He's been lame. Everybody knows he's lame. They begin to ignore him. He's been there so much. And now two guys come by and say, we don't give you money, but we're going we're gonna to do something that's going to amaze you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And they pulled him up. Because he said, he wasn't ready to try it out on his own. He'd been lame. They said, give me a hand. And they pulled him up. Strength immediately went through his legs and to his ankles, to his feet. His muscles became restored. And he was healed. And he walked into the temple. And this became the, the, the event of conversation that day. He was walking and leaping and praising God. Wouldn't you do that if you, if you were healed? I certainly would. I'd be real excited. There would be no doubt anybody within the sound of my voice what had happened to me. Because some guy said, in the name of Jesus, we want you to walk. And so he's now praising God. And, and, and people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized he was the one who used to sit at the gate beautiful. Couldn't walk. And awe and astonishment filled them. Now... There, now, the people kind of wanted to kind of give Peter and John too much credit. And he said, Peter, no, 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 it ain't us. It, it ain't us. It's the name of Jesus that's great, not us. It's, a, it's an easy name, but also it is an enduring name. Because you find now that at the name of Jesus, he starts, something begins to happen. Things begin to happen. Lives are being changed. And there's opposition that comes. Now, because this is happening, people are talking about Jesus, the one that was resurrected from the dead. And, and because this was taking place and there was disturbance in the city, the Pharisees and Sadducees came in and seized Peter and John, took them away, and said, we've got to have a conversation. What are you guys doing? What are y'all saying? And they said, we're talking about Jesus. Guys, can I tell you the thing we must do as followers of Christ we got to talk about Jesus. We talk about a lot of stuff that don't matter in the big picture. Uh, we, we, get fought, we, get, we fight over denominations and various uh, ideologies. And sometimes uh, we, we want to fuss about theology. We just need to talk about Jesus. That's what people want to know. That's what changes lives. And who changes lives is Jesus. So, so uh, they, they got in trouble for talking about Jesus. And opposition came and they said, well, here's what we want you to do. We don't want you to talk about him anymore. You know what I've noticed in the 21st century? 
People don't mind if you say God. Most go, okay, God. Because that's kind of a vague term for most people. God can be the God of the, of the Muslims or the God of, 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 of uh, uh, Christian science or the God of uh, New Age thinking or whatever God you want. God doesn't seem to bother people. You can talk about God. Unfortunately for many people, that's an abstract thought. But you ever noticed how uptight people get when you talk about Jesus? Now, that's a problem. They go, I don't mind talking about God because that's not personal. That leads it to my imagination and my preference. But when you talk about Jesus, we've just narrowed the field down considerably. And yet, we are called to talk about Jesus. And so they were saying, don't talk about Jesus anymore. You're causing too much trouble. And all of a sudden, we see it now for 2,000 years. People have been trying to tell us to stop talking about Jesus. The Pharisees and Sadducees don't talk about Jesus. Quit talking about him. Just talk about God. We'll get along okay. The Roman Empire said, quit talking about Jesus. Just talk about God. Being one God among many gods. But don't, don't talk about Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Roman Empire delivered nine specific persecutions in history against Christianity. Because of the name of Jesus. Because his name really is that great. And then, in, in, la, in the last couple of hundred years, there's been the attack of those who would say the criticism that comes from humanism and atheism that says, let's don't talk about Jesus anymore. He's not, he's not a real person. He didn't really do miracles. He's really not all that he says he is. And yet, the name still remains. Man, he's been persecuted and criticized, denied, dismissed. And yet, in the name of Jesus, things really still happen. It's in the name of Jesus that changes people's lives. It changes your life, and your life, and your life. They come. Man, we look at this. Throughout history, regardless of rejections and criticisms over 10 years, the name remains great. And today, even though... It is not legal to talk about Jesus in China. Churches are growing phenomenally there at the name of Jesus. It's not legal to talk about Jesus in Cuba. And yet they have over 200 house churches that meet every Sunday that average 100 people in a house at the name of Jesus. The great name of Jesus. Where burdens are lifted, where lives are changed, where hearts are healed, the name of Jesus. Well, they're saying you've got to stop talking about him, and yet that name has endured for over 2,000 years. People still trying to say that. It's don't preach or teach. They say, man, we got to. I mean, we can only talk about what we know, and what we know is Jesus. And, they began, and so they kept talking about him because... I love what they said. Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you or rather than God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Jesus. And you go to Philippians chapter 2. Our song ended with that. Verse 9. For this reason God also highly exalted him. His name is an exalted name without, with, with undisputed honor. The name of Jesus. Look at this. 
God also exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Please understand what this means. He says every person that's ever breathed breathed the air. Every person that's ever been born. That's ever existed. Will bow a knee. And confess Jesus is Lord. There's two categories of people. There's those who've said that in this life. You've bowed a knee to him and trusted him as your Savior and Lord. You've identified with his death on the cross for your sin. And so you're going, I got that. I'm with that. So I've already confessed him as that. Then you just get to rejoice in your confession and and, uh, repeat your confession to his honor. As you see him as he really is, visibly. And you say, you are Lord. And it's a time of rejoicing. You'll be so excited and say, you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. Every tongue will confess. But then there are those who've never confessed him here in this life. They've denied him. They've ridiculed him. They've made fun of him. Uh, uh, They've slandered him. Used his name in vain. They also will have a moment when they stand before him as judge. And they too will bow a knee, brokenhearted at their, at their foolishness and their failure to receive him. But they'll bow a knee and confess he is who he says he is. And he did what he said he did. And they'll have regret that they didn't receive him in this life. They'll be cast in outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And they will be separated forever from the God they rejected in the person of Jesus Christ. But God said, he came from heaven to earth and died on a cross, experienced the humiliation of crucifixion, and one day every knee will bow and confess him as Lord. One will be a time of rejoicing, for the other will be a time of regret. It's an exclusive name, bringing rescue from sin what it is. The reason Peter and John kept preaching Jesus is because no other name brought deliverance from the bondage of legalism and religion, mysticism, humanism, Gnosticism. No other name could break people free from the stuff that held them captive but Jesus that's why it's one great name it's one great name guys I've I've been doing this preaching for a long time I have seen the name of Jesus break an 18 year old boy free from the grip of the occult Worship Satan, involved in, in the cult and all that kind of stuff, and the coven. And I watched him give his heart to Jesus. I watched his life change. I've watched people that are hardened against God, it seems, melt 
at the name of Jesus. I was at the mall talking with a guy some time ago, and I just kind of went up to him and said, man, it's just, uh, no, he looked like he's had a bad day. He looked like he was mad at the world. And I just, man, I just, how, how you doing, man? I'm not doing good. I said, well, I'd yeah. like to maybe pray for you. He said, I don't want, I don't want to talk about that. So, well, uh, maybe I could share something we'd help you. He said, I don't want to talk about that. I said, well, let me, let me, you mind if I share something that, that kind of helps me get through life and something means a lot to me? He said, well, go ahead. I said, I want to talk to you about a guy I met some time ago named Jesus. Jesus, you know, the one that came from heaven and, and he did all these things on the earth. He, he, he was good to people, kind to people, healed people and did all these kind of great things and, and taught a new way about how we can really know God. And I said, you know, and the man got a little harder and said, I know all that, but I don't, really, I don't really get into all that. I said, I understand, but let me finish. And I said, and let me tell you, he died on the cross. I said, that's what changed my life, to realize he died on the cross for me, that he would uh, let, his, let his body be abused and, and, and tortured just because he loved me. Just because he cared about me and my life and every day of my life and the eternity of my life. And, and this hard guy, I noticed, began to have tears forming. And he began to have just tears run down his cheek. And he was just like, oh. And he, all of a sudden, that hardness began to melt away. It wasn't anything I'd said. It wasn't me. Well, it sure was Jesus. Uh, Jesus was beginning to make himself real to this man. He began to see him on the cross. His heart. He began to visualize something real about the name of Jesus. It was more than a religious term or a Baptist term or a Methodist term or a Catholic term. It's about a person. No longer about a creed, but about a Savior. And I continue to share a little bit. And now, man, he is he's asking questions. He cried in the middle of a mall. And the end result was he trusted Christ. I'll never forget that moment. Some time ago when I was working with Crusade, came to Crusade and shared at a mall with a bunch of young teenagers just like you guys, going around sharing our faith. That's what it was. And Jesus just made himself real. It's one great name. His great name.